everyone. This is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime suspense and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. I would also like to recommend Stitcher Premium if you're a fan of podcasts. If you like true crime or crime fiction, there are loads of podcasts out there for you. And with Stitcher Premium, you can listen to the exclusive archives from Criminology or bonus episodes from True Crime Garage. You can also listen ad-free to episodes of your favorite podcasts. I've subscribed, and for only $4.99 a month, it's nice to have ad-free entertainment. Just go to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code CRIMECAFE, that's one word, all caps, to try it out absolutely free for a month. Hi, everyone. Today's guest is someone I got to know at a book signing we did at a local diner which just goes to show you can do a book signing anywhere that people will have you. But uh, at least back in the old days before we couldn't do things in, in public or in restaurants or whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> be that as it may, um, I'm very pleased to have with me a guest who is a mystery author and an artist. You should definitely check out her website and not only for her books. I'm pleased to have with me, as I said, fellow Mar- Marylander and mystery author, Karen Neary Smithson. Hi, Karen. It's good to see you Hi, here today. Hi, Debbie. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. Thanks. Doing, doing quite well, all things considered. <laughs> and thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Sure thing. Um, first of all, I had no idea until I looked at your website, that you're also an artist. Uh, So art came before writing, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes, I I majored in college in art and art education. And um, I was an art teacher for a number of years. So, and I just really wanted to be a painter. However, I had to be a little more practical. So, but because of that, I, I had a lot, uh, I had a variety of jobs because I couldn't really get a art job. So um, it kind of gave me a lot of different kinds of experiences. So, but I'm doing a painting now and I have a couple more that I'm working on at home in my studio, so. That's really cool that you're still painting as well as writing. Yes, it's kind of a, a balance. It's, it's a little, little hard to balance it. So I'm still trying to work that out because when I'm writing, I just basically want to write. When I'm painting, I basically just want to paint. But I just finished writing a book. So I decided this summer I was just going to focus on painting. 
Wow, that's really cool. Um, because I kind of get what, what that's like. I do novel writing as well as screenwriting, and they're very different types of writing. Right. So I always have to kind of balance which one I'm going to do when. <laughs> um, right. Let's see. You've made some really interesting career choices. You were a child advocate, a human rights advocate, and art educator, is that correct? Yes, uh, yes, I did those things, yes. I. Um... I worked in Florida for um, a nonprofit that worked for legislation for children's issues. And in Howard County, I was a human rights commissioner for a while. I also worked in the foster care system. And um, I was a program uh, coordinator for an independent living program. And then I was an art teacher. Hmm. So. So I've done a lot of different kinds of things. Well, that's fascinating. You probably know some of the attorneys that I've gotten to know in Howard County through your work for it's for children. Oh, well, that was in Florida. Uh, yeah, well, that was in Florida where I worked for the. Um, I guess the human rights uh, in Howard County. Researching the legislature. Yeah, Howard County Human Rights Commission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Um, do you feel that this has uh, led to inspiration for your work? Do you feel that the work that you did before works its way into your books at all? I would, I would say so. Um, it was actually when I was working in a shelter for battered women in Florida that I first thought about writing because I had never thought about writing before. So um, that's kind of what inspired me to start writing. And, um, and from there, I found out that I really enjoyed doing it. So I just kept writing. Well, that's great. Um, when was that exactly when you decided to start? It was right when I got out of college. So it was back. It was quite a while ago. It was back in the late 80s. Ladies. So, so you took yeah. some time to really so I work on your craft before you got published. Quite a long time, but I was doing so many other things. I, I was, I was doing other things. I was, you know, different jobs and I would write when I could get a chance, but then I was also trying to paint. And then I had to get, once I started teaching, I'd get a master's degree and I had to do a lot of work more artwork, so I always tried to fit it in. But when I stopped teaching, that's when I focused more on the writing. Hmm. Yeah. Which was, which was like around you know 2008. So. So that's really when you focused more fully on writing. Yes. Well, that's very encouraging, actually, for anybody who's out there who's working at a job who might want to do it in their spare time and could eventually get to where you are now. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, yeah, a lot of things happened. I, you know, I got married in between there and, you know, all kinds of, you know, how it is with life. So many different things happen. So, but I always kept at it, but I, it was like a 10 year period where I don't think I wrote at all. 
because I was teaching, I was going to graduate school, I was um, spending summers over in Europe and Asia studying art history. So I, I, I wasn't writing fiction. I was just doing like writing papers, things like that. Um, so I think it was about a whole 10 years that I, I didn't do it. So I was happy when I got back to it. I'm glad that you did. Um, your debut novel, Death in Disguise, features an Irish sleuth named Beth Getty. What inspired you to write about this particular sleuth? She kind of evolved. Um, I, I really don't, I really don't really know how I came up with her. I had been to Ireland and I am 42% Irish, but I don't, I really don't know. I, it's, it's interesting. I just started writing and there she was. So, so, um, yeah, she's a, she's a, a former fashion model and, um, married to a homicide detective. So, so she just, she just kind of evolved. I, it, the funny thing is I wrote the book such a long time ago. And then when I went back to it and started rewriting it, you know, how it, it changed so many times. I think I wrote that book about five times and each version was different. So, so finally <laughs> I, I came to the one that I, yeah, I finally <laughs> got to the one that I liked. So, so she kind of evolved um, over time to be how she turned out. So. Cool. Um, is Faye a real thing? <laughs> Pardon me? This thing called Faye? Faye, she does, yes. It's, um, Where does that come from? <laughs> well, she has six cents, and in Ireland they use the word Faye. So, um, I've never heard of it before. So she really... Oh, well, she she really believes that she has it. Her husband does not believe it. Um, so it's sort of like, does she really have a sixth sense or does she not have a sixth sense? So it's, um, um, she truly believes in it and she lets that guide her through her, um, her sleuthing. However, in the, in the sequel, there's more of that in that book. So um, she really starts depending on it more and believing in it more. I noticed you have a tendency to pick some glamorous locations. Like your first one was in Los Angeles and you were dealing right. with some celebrities there. Your second one, That's which right. I had the pleasure of reading, was set in Venice, Italy. Right. So can That's you tell right. us a little about each of those stories? Okay, so, um, well, I set the one in Los Angeles because that story is, um, well, Beth is a former fashion model, so I figured that she, when she came to this country, she would be in New York or, you know, any of the coasts. So I decided to settle her in Los Angeles. And then her best friend is an actress. So that's what kind of, you know, set, and that's why I settled her there. Um, 
I just have a little bit of experience of being involved in movies and TV shows. So I've been like extras in, um, in a movie. And I kind of, I, I kind of learned a lot just from observing how that process is. And so it was kind of fun. And so I guess I wanted to put some of that in. And then my characters are newlyweds, but they've been married for almost a year and they've never had a honeymoon. So in the second book, it picks up with them going on their honeymoon to Venice. And I, I always love Venice. I think the first time I went to Venice, I was probably around 17. So I always, I always liked it. And then um, I figured, well, a nice place to go on a honeymoon would be Venice because it can be romantic. So that's why I had them going there. Plus Shane, who is Beth's husband, the detective, he was uh, studying architecture before he made a radical change and went into um, law enforcement. So one of his favorite architect is Andrea Palladio, who is a Venetian art, um, architect, who was a Venetian architect. So I kind of tried to incorporate all of that in there. So, so that's why they, um, they're in Venice. Well, it's a very so glamorous city. It's a very, it's very beautiful. I, yeah, and I, I, I like Venetian artists, and um, I, it's just something about Venice for me. I know a lot of people say it's a tourist trap and this and that, but really, if you just walk a few blocks away and then you're into the center of Venice, it's very different. And I just, I just like everything about it. So that's. That's why I chose that locale. It's unique. It's really interesting, those um, maze-like streets. I've been down them, you know, and it's real interesting just to walk them and just walk around. Because eventually it you'll is. get back to St. Mark's. You'll find your way back. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get, I, I can remember the first time, I, first or second time I was there, I was still like a, a student and and the teacher saying you can't get lost in Venice because it's an island. You'll come back to where you started. I was thinking, oh yeah, I I was able to get lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Do you uh, have any kind of overall plan as where you'd like to take the series? Okay, so. Um, Yes, the, the next one, which I will be starting soon, is um, going to be titled Death Cut. And that one will take place mostly in Baltimore. So what happens is that my two main characters are back from their honeymoon. They're back in California. But um, Beth's best friend, who's the actress, is making a movie in Baltimore which is going to lead her to Baltimore to try to help her out when she gets herself in trouble when the director is murdered. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So, I uh, noticed that you've been an extra in Baltimore-based movies and TV. Right. So right. Um, I once did a stint on Homicide, actually, as an extra. 
although it was actually my car yeah. that was the extra. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah, my car well, was that, in the trash. Were you in your car? I was in it, yeah. You were in your car? I was driving. Oh, yeah. interesting. I oh, had to drive really? around and around the block, this block in Baltimore, and get keep getting it back uh -huh. on Route 40, which was passing as I-95. And we had to go by a um, okay. overturned tractor trailer or something. It was an episode of Homicide. Oh, wow. And I remember that um, Andre Brown uh, was shining a flashlight at every car that went by. And I looked right at him as I went by. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at one wow. point. <laughs> that must have been fun. I was like, hi. That must have been fun. Yeah. It, it was really something. Wow. I was there till yeah. all hours of the morning. I got to tell you, it was quite the thing, but um, it's really interesting to do that kind of stuff. Um, ever work with John Waters? Right. <laughs> and it, no, uh-uh. But uh, I was in a movie with Kevin Bacon, so cool. that was, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. It, it was very fun. That one was, that was just night shoots, so it was a week during, and it was like, I think we got there around six or seven at night and it went all night mm -hmm. and it was just one scene I was in, but so that was really fun. So yeah. Did so it, it kind of gives you an insight. I'm sorry. Did you end up in the movie? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, it's an extra. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it, um, it kind of gives you an insight as to all the things that go into making the movie, all these little tiny things that they, that they're doing and how they take so many, well, not so much in the TV shows, but in the movies, they take a, a lot of takes and they do it over and over and over again. So, um, mm -hmm. and those things, when you're watching a movie, you don't realize how meticulous they are about making those films. Yes, absolutely true. Um, so who are your favorite writers and what, ins what writers inspire you most? Okay, so I have a, a number of favorite writers. Of course, I like Mary Higgins Clark a lot, you know, in the mystery, from the mystery point of view. And I always thought, I've when I started writing, especially when I started writing mysteries, I felt like her style of writing influenced my writing. So I like her. I like um, Alexander McCall Smith. And I like um, so many. Uh, Julia Spencer Fleming. And uh, Tracy Chevalier is one of my favorite writers, but she's not a mystery writer, but uh, she incorporates a lot of like art into her, um, into her novels. Um, but basically I'll read almost anything. I'm a really big nonfiction write, a reader, though I write fiction. So I find myself, when I look at the books that I've read over the year, the bulk of them are more nonfiction than fiction. Mm-hmm. So, so is there um, a particular topic that you favor? Um 
guess anything that I think is interesting, I've been reading World War II memoirs right now, um, uh, biographies, art, art books, um, um, anything with archaeology, um, things like that, hmm. theology books, any, anything that, that I think would be interesting to read. Cool. Um, who is your favorite artist? Okay. Um, Do you have a favorite period or type of art? Well, okay, so my overall favorite artist is Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, my favorite contemporary artists are Joseph Shepard, who is a local artist. He was an instructor over at Maryland Institute College of Art. And now he lives between Maryland and Italy. He is up in age. He's, I think he's 89 years old. He's an amazing artist. Um, also, Cesar Santos, who's a Miami-based artist, and um, Eric Copel, who is from New, a New England artist. So those are my favorite. Um, favorite periods is the Renaissance. Uh, and the Venetian painters. Um, I like ancient art, Greek art, Egyptian art. Um, so the better way to say it is what, what I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about um, Impressionism that much and um, Surrealism. So you're more of a but classical kind of girl. Pretty much, basically, I, I like Hudson River School. That's American. I like, um, I, I just, I just like, I like the Dutch artist. Vermeer is one of my favorite artists. Um, there's just so many. I, <laughs> I just really, I just really enjoy, um, you know, the Dutch Rubens is a real favorite one of my Tintoretto, another Italian. Um, there's just, there's so many. I'm just crazy. I really like art history. Um, and I think I have enough credits to be an art history major, but um, I just, I just, I'm, I'm just one of those people. I think there are writers like this too, or want to be writers. Like, I just really want to write. I just like the process. I would like the process. I would like to be a writer. The same thing with art. I like the. I would like to be an artist. I would like the process, but for me, it's more like I'm. I'm more in the appreciation of it. So people that was, I. I had a cousin who really wanted to be a writer, but she liked reading more than the writing. Mm -hmm. So I'm one that appreciates the art more than actually doing it. Though I want to do it, um, I just really appreciate it. So, so and when I used. To take the students to um, to the galleries and talk to them, and they would see art that we had studied in class. They would get so excited. But there is a funny story where um, I was teaching the kids. We were doing ancient Egypt, and they were going to be making cartouches, which would be their name using hieroglyphics. 
and it was kind of a cut and paste project, kind of a collage. And I was talking to them about hieroglyphics in ancient Egypt and stories about the Egyptians and cats. And um, so I was showing them one example of Egyptian art and I was saying, this is hieroglyphics. And one little kid raised his hand and said, well, what does it say? And so they thought I could actually read hieroglyphics. So I was like, uh, no, I, I, I don't know if I just made something up or I said I really can't read it, but that did prompt me to buy a book. So I started going through trying to, you know, understand hieroglyphics a little bit, but that's very complicated. So. <laughs> well, the diversity of your interests is intriguing to me. Because I tend to be the same way. I kind of like find the subject that I find fascinating and want to, you know, appreciate it. <laughs> the history, all of that. Right, right. And I do, I have started, um, I have a pretty good coin collection. And um, so they're mostly ancient. So I like that too. And I, and I like the fact of, you know, having, like having, say, Alexander the Great coin. So, you know, that's, like 300 BC, you know, to have something like that, that has gone through lots of people's fingers. <laughs> so it's just really interesting. And I do, I also was um, very interested in African art. So I do have a lot of that too. So, um, so that's, that's really, those were my interests. So, um, and it's, it's always fun going to auctions and bidding on pieces and, and things like that. So it's, it's fun. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about before we finish up? Oh, well, uh, just said I, the sequel will hopefully be coming out next spring. So it's, um, it was pushed back because of the pandemic. So the um, sequel will be coming out and then hopefully I'll be writing Death Cut. Also, I started a new series, which is more of a cozy mystery series. And I just finished writing the first book in that series. So, um, and that was lots of fun because all of my books, well, there, um, there's not too much. And then there's, it's just traditional mystery. But in the cozy, it's a lot more lighthearted, and it was really fun to write. The uh, Beth Getty series is very much like a thriller mystery, correct? More like that, yes, I think so. As opposed to um, the other series, so, which is cozy. Uh, it, it goes, it'll, be, yeah, it'll be a cozy series. So I'm hoping to um, find a home for the cozy series now, so... Interesting. So, I didn't know you we'll had another see. series in the works. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I I just started it, and it was it was really fun to write. So, um, so I have a couple ideas for the next two books in that series, next two or three. So, um, and it has cats in that, and I base those cats on my cats, and my cats were all rescues, but I showed them, so. Um, when you go to cat shows, it's not just the pedigrees, but there is, there is a group called the Household Pets, where you any kind of cats that you've adopted or cats without papers, 
And so that's what the cats are in this, in the cozy series. And so, um, so it was, it was fun. I liked putting my cats in there. I liked, oh, and I based it down. Um, my town is based on Ellicott City. So um, I changed the name to Bailey's Landing, but it's really, if you, if you know this area, you will know that it's Ellicott City. <laughs> so. Well, I love cats, I gotta tell, tell you. Um, so that's really cool. I think it's cool what you're doing yes. with the cats. So um, thank you so much for um, talking with me today and being here and telling us about your books. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, thank so, you so much, Debbie. My pleasure. Um, and I also am happy that people are listening and that the podcast is getting some nice reviews. So if you would leave a review for the podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it very much. And if you go to my website, debbiemack.com, you'll not only find links to where you can buy the Crime Cafe box set and short story anthology, but also you'll see the podcast's Patreon page. And you can subscribe to the podcast there too. So thanks again for listening. And our next guest in two weeks will be Jesse Chandler. In the meantime, stay safe and happy reading.